I'm starting the show again. And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Money. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting, pulse-pounding, heart-stopping, artery-clogging, testicle-grabbing installment of everyone's favorite podcast segment, Bunny Versus, starring the incomparable Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you hyped up? Are you hyped? Are you ready? Are you ready, Bunny? Yeah, pretty much so. Okay. Then without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. Now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. Deuteronomy is the best testicle-grabbing book in the Bible. Uh, Yes. Deuteronomy is also the oldest cat in the movie Cats. (laughs) Even older than the theater cat, whose name escapes me. But that that was the part that really dragged the entire movie down. Which is weird because the entire movie drags the movie down, but that part drags it down even further. Yeah. Yeah. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, yes. Gus. Yeah. If if Thank you, Gus the Theater Cat. Now uh, with save. It's Gus the Theater Cat. Ah. Uh, if when two men are fighting. The husband, the the wife of one of the men, grabs the other man's genitals in defense of her husband. She should be put to death. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was thinking of something different. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. Um, yeah, yeah. The Bible, man. I read the Bible, and uh, I don't remember off the top of my head who wrote that, but uh, motherfucker can write. Eh, I don't know. I think it's. A, I think there's some definitely some lazy. It, it needed better editing. It needed a, a, definitely a second draft. Well, yeah, I had a hard time with following the plot, but um, I mean. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Goosebumps. You ever read those? No. Yeah, it, yeah. the Bible kind of reminded me of like a really long Goosebumps book, you know? Did yeah. Arnold Stein write the Bible? Is that who wrote that? I don't fucking know, but but I, I the Bible fucking... Arnold Stein wrote, read. wrote Goosebumps and possibly oh, okay. the Bible. And possibly the Bible, yeah. But uh, the Bible, sort of worth, sort of worth a, a read. You know what I liked? I liked in the nineties <coughs> when they advertised the Book of Mormon on TV. But they tried to advertise it like, did you did you know that Jesus came back a second time and traveled through America? It's all here in the Book of Mormon, a sequel to the Bible. It's Bible two. Did you know that? 
Jesus went to Kent, Ohio and had a potluck dinner? Yeah. It's Bible too, even bible ear. You can get it now from the Church yes. of Jesus Christ. Yes. I so, loved that. So Genie's sick. Uh, episode one of Daphne is almost done. That's Genie what's going is sick. On. What uh, happened? What happened to Genie? Is she, she pregnant? She just got. She was pretty okay yesterday. She just got mm. something. You know, mm. but she works with Jeremy Grimy kids every day. That's a good point. You need to. Does she take Airborne? Huh? No. Does she take Airborne? She needs to take Airborne. What's that? It's. <coughs> Is it a pill? Is it a powder? Amber, I'm looking at you. Airborne. Is it a powder you put in a drink, or is it a pill you put in a drink, or is it a pill you take? It's, it's a thing to boost your immunity system, and every teacher I've ever heard, I've ever known who teaches kids, just swears on taking airborne all the time, and that's what keeps them from being sick around all of the gross little kids. Yes. So, yeah, so she, so she has to take woke up sick today, and mm. just before the show, vomited in a spectacular way. Just, just, it, it was awesome. As far as throwing up goes, I really need to give it a 10. It was just, it was, it was beautiful. In my mind, she vomited like... The scene at the end of Ocean's Eleven where they're in front of the Bellagio and the fountains are happening. So, like, Jeannie goes to vomit and suddenly the song Claire de Lune starts playing and she puts her head back and just a fountain of vomit. And suddenly all of the Ocean's Eleven are there watching Jeannie's vomit shoot up into the air as they, as they quietly look at each other other and nod because this is the end of the caper well no it was was, it was very very similar to that because she was sitting in the smoking room saying that she was feeling sick and then she was like oh my god and then she gets up and she starts heading toward the door and then she's trying to cover her mouth and she gets to the door, and she couldn't make it through. So it was, there was a nice spray through the fingers where, where we were able to get, like, multiple streams going, you know? And then hitting the closed door and wall, you know, and kind of causing, a, like, like, a force field effect almost, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was yeah. a good one. It was it was a good one. I am very proud of her. Well, let me tell you something, Bunny. Um, most people, when hearing this story, would stop eating their chunky, creamy potato soup. Yeah. But I am cut from a different cloth. Damn right you are. Most people, upon hearing of uh, Jeannie's vomit screams, would look at their creamy, chunky potato soup and say, maybe I should stop eating this. Not me. 
Not me. So, uh, boom. boom. There you go. Seriously, can you stop meowing? Like, for real. Crazy cats. Dan Quayle for the win. Dan Quayle. I did Dan not, yeah. Quayle. What a crazy week. The problem that I have with politics is that the Republicans are all two-faced, number one. Is that the Republicans who are now saying that we shouldn't raise the debt ceiling because that will bankrupt our grandchildren had no problem raising the debt ceiling when Trump was president. That the Republicans who just a few years ago said, we're at a crisis and we need to stop this crisis. We need to raise the debt ceiling because we cannot bankrupt our country. Now that Democrats are in charge, those same people are saying, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling. And once the entire government is closed down, we, the people who caused it to happen, will all go on TV and say, why would the Democrats allow this to happen? Yeah. And, and so the Republicans are all two-faced. But the problem that I have is that the Republicans are making it harder to vote. Republicans are making abortions illegal. Republicans are ruining America. And what the Democrats are saying is the Democrats are all saying, oh, this is horrible. And the only way to stop it is, number one, to donate to my campaign, and number two, to just vote for every single solitary Democrat no matter what. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and like, And like... Joe Biden is out there saying, yeah, Republicans are making it hard to hard to vote. If only somebody there was somebody out there who could do this. something. If only there was somebody out there who could do something <coughs> about it. Yeah. But not me, the fucking president. Uh-huh. And it's like the Democrats are all talk and no actual fucking action. Yeah. Meanwhile, all of the Democratic voters are just out there saying, oh, retweet if you support our president. Kudos to our president. But like. Biden has locked up more uh, brown kids in cages than Trump ever did. He 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 did not uh, abolish ICE. He raised ICE's budget. He's still out there doing those. uh, uh um, Obama era drone strikes that are killing innocent people yeah. and innocent families. Uh, and when when uh, George Bush was out there saying we need to continue the war on drugs because drugs are horrible and drugs are in no way good and we need to abolish drugs. Uh, Senator Joe Biden was saying uh, you hear what George Bush is saying? He's a pussy. We need to lock up more motherfuckers. What? Yeah. You thought about smoking marijuana? Let's lock you up in prison for a million fucking years. And now that person is president. And while all of America is getting to be more and more comfortable with the legalization of marijuana, our president is still like, 
Instead of smoking marijuana, how about we all just play stickball? Yeah. And, and it's like, he is a very Republican Democrat. And while the Republicans are being batshit insane and talking about how, oh, uh, it, it, the Democrats, they're all communists and they're all eating babies. Meanwhile, our Democratic president is still out here like, we need to embrace our Republican brothers with open arms. And the reason why he's saying that is he is a very Republican Democrat. Yes. And we need to hold Biden <coughs> accountable and not just 100 percent support him because he is doing some fucked up shit right now. Well, but that's the thing. Like, like, like I've gotten really pretty quiet because I'm fucking tired of fighting everybody. Now I got to fight fucking Blue MAGA and I'm not in the mood anymore. It's yeah. over. You know, just let's face facts. It's fucking over and nothing is going to be done. We're going to die in climate crisis. Yeah. Because we're not doing a fucking thing about it. And the, all we could possibly do now is try to relieve suffering as much as humanly possible. And that's it. Because it's not getting any better. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is exactly. What I was saying, like, okay, the Beast Raban is gone. Now we have Fade Harkonnen. And we're much happier in our oppression now. Yeah. But nothing changes. You nothing. Know, you, you, you get the fucking smoke and mirrors with the Democrats. Oh, look at this infrastructure bill. Isn't this beautiful? We're going to pass this infrastructure bill. You know, and... and it was. It was an absolutely beautiful bill that would do a whole lot of good, you know, and help this country and help the environment. And <laughs> they can't even pass it through the Democrats. They can't get it past the fucking Democrats. The Democratic Party can't get its own bill, which has already been cut in half, past the fucking Democrats. We don't need the Republicans to fuck us. We have the Democrats to fuck us. Yeah. And then Biden is, is catering, trying to cater so much to Republicans. And it's like, I have, I have made this fucking whatever, $8 trillion infrastructure bill. What do you think, Republicans? You want to vote on this? We will not vote on this bill unless there's a provision in the bill to kill all minorities. And Biden is the sort of president who's like, maybe we can come to a, an agreement that benefits the both of us. Maybe only kill some minorities. Yeah. That's called unity. And it's like, no, the Republicans are becoming political terrorists holding our entire country hostage. Maybe we shouldn't be fucking working with them and their yeah. fucking insanity. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be embracing them as best fucking friends. Well, Fuck well, off. Well, well, forget about embracing them. How about getting insurrectionists out of our fucking government? Can that be a priority somewhere? Can it be a little bit of a priority? Can, can we do something about the senators and representatives who helped the January 6th insurrectionists? Can we do something about that? Yeah. 
it's very difficult to be political right now because not only do you have to fight the right, but you also have to fight a good portion of the left. There, there is no right or left. There's what is good for the corporations. That's it. Yeah. It's just getting very tiring. It's just a different dog and pony show. So, you know, are you going to watch Colbert or are you going to watch Jimmy Kimmel? That's the yeah. difference. Yeah. So, yay, fun. Uh, so my wife is leaving. What? Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, my wife has two jobs. She is the, she is a manager at a nationwide medical supply company. I'm not a manager. You are a manager. I'm not a manager. Then what are you? I am a client specialist. Which is a type of manager. No. I'm trying to build you up. Like, what, what was my job at the bookstore? I, 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 I was a manager with a major book chain. You were, though. So. Which is so. not entirely a lie, but not 100% true. You are a manager at a nationwide man medical supply company. <coughs> but in my wife's spare time, she is a instrumental in helping create a a small-time independent publishing company called Duck Prince Press. Uh, she is one of the uh, first people to uh, join this small-time indie publisher that focuses on publishing uh, fan fiction Authors, El yeah, it, it, I was getting to it. Miss Yell across the house. The 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 publishing company it focuses on publishing the original works of fan fiction authors, of which there's a lot, and it's also a very pro LGBTQIA publishing company. And so uh, next week, my wife is going to New York to okay. uh, help with the company. So with the publishing company. So it's getting real uh, hoity-toity over here. My yeah. wife is heading to, and I don't even want to say this out loud because I'm not 100%. I no, I want to say it. My, I I don't because I'm not certain that I have it perfect. But Bonnie will be able to guide me. My wife is going to Schenectady. Schenectady. Wait, say that again. What? Schenectady. 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 Sk-flectomy. My wife is heading to hysterectomy, New York, to work with her uh, publishing company that she is a part of. <coughs> That's me. So I'm throwing a huge party. 
BYOB. Bring your own bitches. Yes. It's a publishing company. You should have said books. Oh, well, that's you when you go to Hysterectomy, New York. I'm here, and it's it's a different BYOB. Well, for this for this party, will there be an amazingly hot chick that you created on your computer? No, but there Who's will magic? be no, but there will be a lot of regular chicks in glasses. But when they take off those glasses, Hachi Mama, you had no idea they've been attractive this whole time. Okay, a lot of that. But can they do magic? Yeah, it's it's gonna be pretty amazing. Uh, can I just take this time to say that I love this week's movie, but the soundtrack made me want to cut my own ears off. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I think we're gonna have I think we're gonna have some fun with this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go for it, honey. Just go for it. Just go for it. Just go for it. That one that. That one that. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. But yeah, no, it was a good movie, but there were parts of the soundtrack where I just wanted to shove ice picks into my ears. But I yes. think that was kind of the point. Uh yeah, they were really for Genie, it was the clock. Oh, the the first eleven minutes drove me fucking insane. That goddamn clock. I felt like I was in a... I felt like I was in an Edgar Allan Poe story, and that clock was the sound of the beating heart of the person I have in the floorboards. Yes. Yes, but all of the sounds were exaggerated, yeah. Yeah. To the nth degree like that, the shave itself. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, my, my wife is going to be leaving, and I have mixed feelings about that. I'm excited for her. Going to be going on a plane, heading across the, you know, half of the country, getting a rental car, going to upstate New York. Look at, look at you, you know? Um, Classy. Yeah, it's really difficult to try to prepare yourself for a trip that you're taking while also not trying to think about the fact that this trip requires you to get on four separate planes. Yeah. During yeah. a pandemic. Yeah. Um, so it's very tricky to do and leads to a lot of procrastination. Yeah, my wife's going on a plane during the pandemic. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that she gets one of those flights where a crazy white person is all crazy and they have to duct tape them to the chair. Yes. So don't worry. Rest assured, if it, if this is one of any of my flights have that, I will be sure to film it and send it. Yeah. Awesome. I will pay for in-flight Wi-Fi to live stream. Hell yeah. I don't know. That was a good high five. There you go. That's the I, flavor. I'm really thinking that if this trend goes on, we all need to start carrying like rainbow duct tape that we can not only duct tape somebody to a chair with we can then tell him that because it's rainbow duct tape they're gonna turn gay right there nice before you get off this plane you're gonna be a homosexual yeah 
That's some that's some Alex Jones level uh, conspiracy right there. And, and I'm everybody with... on the plane, whenever they walk by, they can comment on how gayer he is getting. Yeah. Like, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. Every time you pass, just give him a little snap. I'm just getting over a severe sinus infection and my ears are still clogged. Yeah. So this will be a fun game while uh, watching this podcast on Twitch or YouTube to see how many times I wiggle my jaw like this. <laughs> try and unpop, to try and pop my ears because my hearing is not at 100% right now. But yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this week's movie, and I'm really excited to... uh, This week's movie reminded me of a Schoolhouse Rock song, which I was not expecting. But yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, a school, one of my favorite Schoolhouse Rock songs. And also... uh, I did like a little bit of shapping while trying to learn about the real life aspect of parts of this movie. Yeah. And that will lead me to get all Jackie Daytona about uh, minor league basketball, which I didn't even know was a thing. I've heard of minor league baseball, but I didn't know minor league basketball was a thing. Anyway, so that's that's later on in the show. So stay tuned if you're listening or watching. Uh, Yeah. So, so yeah, so uh, Genie is sick. Yes. Do you need, do you need an exorcist? No, it, the, the vomit seemed to have been of a normal color. So I'm not concerned about the demonic possession at this point. Yeah. I never underst- I never understood those people that watched the movie The Exorcist and then left the theater saying, "Scariest movie I've ever seen. I'll never see that again." And it's like, okay, you've never seen. You definitely never, never. You 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 haven't seen a film that's Serbian. Yeah, is what that tells me. <coughs> you've seen some horror films. But there are other horror films that you absolutely would not be able to survive. But but then there are like different grades of of horror movie. Does that necessarily make that scary? Yeah. You like know? like I feel that The Exorcist is the scariest movie for people who don't normally watch horror movies. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, the Exorcist is one of my favorite horror movies. Uh, it's and really a lot of the terror is in the fucking sound. Yeah, it is all in the sound. The sound work was fucking great on that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Really loses its edge once you stop believing in God and the supernatural and shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I the feel same that the Exorcist exor- happened to Dracula and vampires too. Yeah. You know? I, I I feel like I feel like I feel like the exorcist was scary during that period in time where 
evangelical Christians were the majority of people in power and literally felt like Satan was 100% real, walked the streets, and was in every bit of rock music. Yeah. And that nowadays, you know, like a Gen Z person could watch The Exorcist and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I should make Mal watch The Exorcist. I mean, what would a 16-year-old think about The Exorcist? That's Mal's never seen The Exorcist? Mal's never seen The Exorcist. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah, I think they'd be laughing through that. I think. Might be that might be something worth that might be something worth doing. Maybe do a video. That would be interesting. Yes. Yes. We it might require a reaction video. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. It's some sort of reaction video. Yeah, that would be fun. Microphone, stay still. Microphone, stay still. Stay still. Stay. Stay. Okay, thank you. I want the microphone to be up so I look how like a professional. We, how, did we, how did we even get on The Exorcist? Uh, we were talking about our favorite oh, horror movies. Genie in My, Demonic Possession. Yes, yes, I asked if she needed an exorcist. Yes. My no, favorite horror so. movies, it's a toss-up between either Cats and the Oogie Loves and the Big Balloon Adventure. Yeah. When it comes to my favorite horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, Midsommar doesn't count, because as far as I'm concerned, Midsommar is a feel-good comedy. Yes. In Sweden, <coughs> in Sweden, the people, so they showed Midsommar in Sweden, because they, of course they did, it was a major movie, and in Sweden, you went to a movie theater, you watched Midsommar, and motherfuckers were cracking the fuck up. Yeah. In Sweden, they thought Midsommar was the funniest fucking movie of the year, and that brings me so much joy. Nice. That, like, of course, in Sweden, this movie about the, like, evil Swedish cult is going to be fucking hilarious. If Sweden made a movie about Swedish people coming to America and suddenly these redneck Christians are trying to get them to hold fucking snakes or whatever the fuck, oh, yeah, I'd be laughing my ass off at that, too. Well, like a yeah, but, yeah I, I don't know if I'd be laughing at that because, like, that's still real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <coughs> They'd be like, welcome to America. Here's your gun. And it's like, yes, that's that's America. Congratulations. You know, they might hang you from hooks for Jesus or, you know, Christ knows what. They do a lot of wacky things here. Yeah, they do. So what <laughs> is up with the shaft this week? It's a surprise. It's a surprise. When are you going? Oh, they're coming here. Okay, cool. It's a surprise. It's something completely different. And now for something completely different. We're doing a shaft 
the likes of which we have never done before, and I'm excited about it. Okay, I I I think you built that excitement pretty well because now, I, like, like I, I can't not know. Yeah, I, I I'm really excited about it. I need to find out. So I think we better just get on over there. Okay. So that is it for this week's Bunny Versus. And as every week, you know, people keep asking me, just all the fucking time, Christ. And my answer is always the same. Self-adhesive tape? Yes, please. I love that. Love it. So until next week, Cut on that. Cut on that. Ow. Okay, wrong place to hit the table. Okay. Bye! Yes. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays that this day and age it's sweeping the nation? Nay, it's swiffering the nation. Oh. But... Uh, but only real fans, true fans, hardcore fans of this podcast who have been with us since day one when we started this podcast in 1993 as a uh, BBS. You had to dial in to the podcast with your uh, modem and your free AOL desk. Only the real fans would know two fundamental facts about the both of us, two very real, really real, and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us, America's hottest podcasting couple, uh, Bunny and Steve. For the first fact, first and foremost, the first fact about you, Bunny, is the fact that when you're not doing the show, you write greeting cards for oddly specific events. So tell us, Bunny, uh, tell us about some of the greeting cards you've been working on lately. Uh, some of the greeting cards I, I've been working on lately have have been uh, things like uh, "Sorry about your miscarriage," um, "Damn turtles choking on beer rings." You know, I really, I really like a day for that. People don't realize that there is a day. Concerning turtles choking on on beer rings. I really liked the greeting card you wrote for uh, "Sorry, you shit your pants at a Walmart." Yes, yes. I there actually was a gave big that run one on those. Yeah, I actually gave that one to someone, and uh, I don't want to say who, but Deanna says thank you. <laughs> so. There you go. Yeah. That could be any Deanna. So, the, the miscarriage one comes with a subpoena. Nice. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's tough trying to soften the blow on one of those. I mean, you've already lost yeah. your child. Yeah. Now you're in trouble with the law. You know? I liked your card. Uh, so I put, so I put a, I put a nice little smiley on the fetus, you know, and try to make it look festive, you know. Yeah, but, I liked your. Go ahead. I, I liked your, I liked your greeting card. Sorry, 
you're a disgraced New York governor now. Oh yes, uh, I like but that I had to. I had to. I had to immediately shift from there, like, and start making a series. And your brother too. Yeah. Cards. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. You know, like, wow. Uh, sexual harassment in the Cuomo family. Go yeah. fucking figure. I'm sure there's still time to dig dirt on, dirt on Mario. Please. The, 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 there's such a sibling rivalry that Andrew Cuomo was a piece of shit. And then, uh, but wait, I want to be the piece of shit. Yeah. You know, that's how deep the sibling rivalry goes. Okay. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do here is I like to take a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximation! Or Shap, as I like to call it repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. But anyway, this episode of Shap will be very different. I came up with a very original idea for this week's Shap. I call it, drumroll please. Did you just just get a text? (laughs) Is, Is that what that was? I just uh, did a sound. Okay. W- was that a cricket? I uh, said, I said, drum roll, please. <laughs> Maxwell, that's not a drum roll. That's you knocking on a door. Come on here. Drum roll, please. Okay, that, that was a little bit better, Maxwell. Okay. The Festival of Shaps. And so what this is, is a collection of three shafts that are too small to be fully formed shafts. So shaft creamies, if you will. Yes. Short, sharp shafts that will brighten your day. The first ever Festival of Shafts. Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you psyched up? Do you have a choice? Do any of us have free will, or are we all trapped in an endless prison of our own making that we can never escape from? Does it even matter? Does any of it matter? Is anyone listening, and does anyone care? Who cares? Let's get to some shaps, you bastards! Yay! So let's do this. Shap, number one. So apparently there's a London-based theater chain called View Cinemas. V-U-E cinemas. They're huge globally. They have theaters in in the UK, Germany, Italy, Denmark, Ireland, Taiwan, Poland, and more. They were founded in 1999, so they're still fairly newish. And they currently have over 225 theaters all over the globe. So View Cinemas are big time. I didn't know that they existed, but there you go, View Cinemas. Well, apparently, they got into some trouble recently. In 2018, 
a 24-year-old went to the movies. I was unable to find out what movie he saw, which upsets me. But he went to the movies. A 24-year-old named Atif Rafiq went to a movie at a view-owned theater in Birmingham, England. And he sits on one of their nice seats, one of those motorized seats. You know, you got a button and it it warms up your seat. Suddenly you have a warm butt. Yeah. There's a a theater like that in Norman, Oklahoma. And it's like, oh, I wanted to see the Joker with a warm ass cheek. Thank you. This (laughs) This is exactly what I wanted. The Joker is better when your asshole is hotter. I'm not sure if you know this. It's just a fact. You should always watch Joaquin Phoenix movies with a warmed asshole. So that's, those are good seats to have. There's also a motorized footrest. So you press a button and the footrest goes. And then you can put your foot on there and you can press the button again. And it goes down. So 24-year-old Atif Rafiq is, sits down on his motorized theater chair with a motorized footrest. Then he drops his phone. The phone falls under the footrest. So he reaches under the chair. He's reaching under the chair. I can't get it. It's still still down there. I got to reach further. I got to get more of my hand in there. Oh, man. I, I, I almost have it. So he puts his body under the chair. And the motorized footrest lowers onto his neck, crushing his windpipe, and the man died. Death by theater seat. Can you believe that? Man. I am am shocked by this. How is this not the number one story all across America. Okay, man but, okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. But you have to admit that before the man died, he gave the movie a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. So, so there is something to this. I, I imagine, I imagine, you know, it is England. So, like, the, the movie theater seat is crushing his windpipe, and he's screaming, and the other people are like, excuse me, sir, can you please quiet down? I'm trying to watch this film. So it turns out the footrest motor blew a fuse and uh, malfunctioned, and the pressure on the man's neck was equal to three-fourths of a ton. Okay. And as a result, this past summer, in a story that Americans didn't even freaking hear about, View Cinemas was forced in court to pay the man's family to the tune of $1 million. On a personal note, I hope that Atif Rafia, uh, Atif Rafiq, I hope he is haunting that movie theater. Yes. Like, he deserves to haunt that movie theater. I've never found myself rooting for a ghost, but damn, I hope he's haunting that movie theater. 
like crazy. Yeah. But he was killed by a movie theater seat. Everyone should be talking about this. And uh, hold on, Bunny. Yes, Maxwell? Found this on the road. You found this in the road. Changing to flats, cruelty-free, talc-free, paraben-free. <laughs> what is this? I have it no just idea. says MS-205 changing to flats. And then it says cruelty-free. Your head is gone. It, it head has is... zinc and cocoa and seed butter in it? I just found it on the road. May contain titanium the dioxide? The fuck is seed butter? I have no idea. Does it come from uh, seed pickles? Seed butter. It sounds it's, very vegan. The he found this like cap. It's almost like a bottle cap, but it says in big bold letters changing to flats. So then it seems like this is some sort of like a like a like a thing to change a flat tire, but then it says cruelty free. So it's like what? Cruelty to cars? I'm so confused. Here, take that. I, I might Google some of that later. Uh, yeah. So a man in England was killed by a movie theater. Uh, I would like to learn more. About the, the thing, Maxwell? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I'll try and figure that out during the break. Maxwell! Bring that back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bing it during the break. So that was Shap number one. Here, now, uh, okay, but, but just final word that that poor bastard not only died in a movie theater, but he just got upstaged by a bottle cap you get found in the road. Yeah, I'm sorry, Atif Rafi, but I need to figure out what changing to flats is. Uh, so we're going to get to the bottom of that during the break, so be sure and look for that in <laughs> part in act three so here comes the second chap and i'm really proud of this one uh robert de niro okay legendary actor oscar winner director uh uh activist i don't know what he is but i assume every actor is an activist yeah and i'm right probably 75 percent of the time so activist Robert De Niro. He's also a method actor who really, really gets into his roles. Uh, but I must and... say, okay, it's much hmm. easier to be an activist when you could just hire a couple of people to go protest for you. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, much, it's much easier to be an activist when you have millions of dollars. Yeah. Which says something about activism, but uh, so Robert De Niro, he's a method he actor. He can afford he's to buy Niro. his own rubber bullets. Yeah. Case in point, in preparation for his role as Travis Bickle in the 1976 film Taxi Driver, Robert De Niro studied, got his taxi driver's license, and actually drove a taxi in New York City working 8 to 14 hour shifts for weeks to prepare for his role. Yeah. And he wasn't 1 million percent famous back then. 
Yeah. So you could have been in New York and hailed a taxi and Robert De Niro picked you up and you would not have known that it was legendary actor Robert De Niro who picked you up at 1 a.m. from the bar because he was studying for his role in Taxi Driver. But that's not all. For his role in the movie The Untouchables, he spent three weeks not touching anything. Whoa. (laughs) Talk about dedication. Yeah, that is. For his role in Backdraft, he kept all the doors and windows open in his house for weeks to let in drafts. Yes. What? That is dedication. And here's, here's, here's the biggest one he ever did. For his most memorable role as fearless leader in the live-action Rocky and Bullwinkle movie, Robert De Niro spent... Three entire months as a ruthless dictator of a nondescript European nation. Talk about dedication. Yes. Wow. Incredible. And and uh and, and frightening in a way. I mean, you know. Yeah. There's a line. Yeah. You can be too dedicated. You know? Yeah, when you think of Robert De Niro, you think the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, Backdraft, and then somewhere on the bottom, I don't know, Godfather 5, I don't know, one of those Godfathers. Yeah. And then Taxi Driver. I am a big fan of his role in Taxi Driver 2, Uber Driver. Yes. Which I think is, is a better movie in many ways. Now, here is the third chap, and this is the one I was actually going to do as the regular chap, but I felt that it was just too short. So that's why I decided to do the Festival of Chaps, because this is not a fully a full-length chap, but this is still a powerful one that I want to talk about. I don't think that everyone hates Kevin Costner, but everyone should hate Kevin Costner. Okay. And so here is a here is the reason why. So, and this fits in so well with our month. So they're making the movie Tombstone. Okay, yes. And I like the movie Tombstone. I've seen it a number of times and I like the film, but I was never super into Tombstone because I've been to Tombstone. A number of times. And there are motherfuckers that are obsessed with Tombstone the movie and Tombstone the place. And when you when you when you've been to Tombstone so many times, I don't know. It's it's weird because there's a street in Tombstone that is exactly 100 percent exactly the way that it's always been. So you're just you drive into Tombstone and go, hey, hey, there's a circle. K. Let's turn. Hey, there's a there's a McDonald's. Hey, let's turn here. Suddenly there's no road. Everyone's on horses and everyone has guns. It's real fucking weird. Yeah. There's just one street that is 100% exactly the same with the exact same buildings, the exact same everything. There's a, oh, hey, there's a Circle K. Hey, there's a McDonald's. Hey, there's a Taco Bell. Hey, there's Boot Hill fucking cemetery right there. And there's a Kmart. So... It, it, <laughs> It's real fucking weird. So they're making the movie Tombstone, and the filmmakers announce, oh, 
have we got a cast man we have got a crazy cast lined up oh man we've got val kilmer we've got this guy we've got this other person and then the star of the movie uh a huge star probably the top star of the day the star of tombstone mr kevin costner <laughs> so they're about to start filming when kevin costner being kevin costner uh he says uh hey guys uh so i looked at the script and i uh i noticed that this is an ensemble picture <laughs> i don't have that many lines I have some lines. I am a star, but I'm not the star. Yeah. What gives? And the filmmakers go, well, yeah. I mean, this is a film about the shootout at the OK Corral, and that's not about one person. It's about a group of people. So, yeah, this movie has to be uh, about a bunch of different people. This is at its heart an ensemble film you can't do the story of the okay corral and just focus on one person and kevin costner being kevin costner pulls a kevin costner yes so you mean to tell me i'm not the one star of this goddamn movie do you know who i am i am kevin fucking costner i am the star I am the focus. I get top billing. I don't share the spotlight with a bunch of other sons of bitches. That's it. I'm out of here. And so he leaves Tombstone and immediately starts making the film wider. Literally. That people talk about until this fucking day. And he makes it out of spite because they said oh you can't make a movie about the okay corral just starring about one person and he's like the fuck i can't fuck you kevin costner movie star one person kevin costner and that's it i'm not sharing top billing with these other sons of bitches so yeah, he literally made Wyatt out of spite, which is why in a six-month period of time, Tombstone came out, a film about the shootout at the OK Corral, and then six months later, Wyatt Earp, a film about the shootout at the OK Corral, but this time through the lens of just one fucking guy. Well, you know, but... Kevin Costner made his bet, and and he won, because Wyatt Earp is the movie that just everybody has talked about all through time since it was made, about what a, an amazing movie. Sure, cinephiles like us are able to focus more in on Tombstone, you know, but like yeah. half a handful of people know about Tombstone. Tombstone's a great fucking movie. I love that movie. Yeah. But, uh, and that's not all, because Kevin Costner, while he was making Wild Earth, tried to use his Oscar clout to stop Tombstone from being released. What a dick. 
what a dick Kevin Costner is. He deserved Waterworld. Yes. No wonder an actor with the world's biggest ego starred in the 2008 film Swing Vote, a film where the results of an entire presidential election come down somehow to just one guy's vote. Oh, look at this. Kevin Costner is now the most important man in the whole country. Of course he starred in Swing Vote. Seriously? Fuck Kevin Costner. Yes. The bright side of this mini shap is that Tombstone costs only $25 million to make. It was a very cheap film. It does help at the fact that the set is literally already built because the street is still fucking there. Yes. Fucking crazy. That it's just a, a, just a small city that could be anywhere, but there's one mile of street that is exactly the same as it has been since 1899. It's fucking weird. <laughs> but uh, Tombstone costs $25 million, which isn't a lot as far as Hollywood movies go, and it made $57 million, whereas Wyatt Earp costs $63 million to make, and only made $25 million. It's like they switched. They're like, hey, we made Tombstone for a small amount and made this large amount of money. And then Wyatt Earp did, hey, we're making Wyatt Earp for this large amount of money, and we made a small amount of money. So the only positive that comes from this chef is that uh, box office-wise, Wyatt Earp was a big box office bomb, so... It couldn't have happened to a better person. No. No. And really, what's Kevin Costner up to these days? No clue. But that's it for our first show somewhere. I don't know. Probably. Everybody has a show. You know, motherfucker, we have a show somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've got a couple. So 21st century, we all have a show somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. That's really weird when you think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's it for our first ever Festival of Shafts. Three short shafts that I've been waiting to do, but were too short to become a full shaft. I really like that last one. Remember, kids, Kevin Costner is a douchebag. Yes. So he- join us next week for some more educationally uneducational fun with... Steve's Historic Approximations! And cut on that. Funny. Wow. Did you see my microphone just turned into a dripping penis? Yes. That is so awesome. Ah, damn it. Damn it, I ruined it. Can you do it again? No. That was a one-time thing. Damn it. I don't know. Okay. It's, been, it's been like flipping in and out. Like, no, not fully, but it's been getting like a yellowy, orangish core. Damn it. Okay. That was fun for a second there. Okay. <laughs> uh, buddy, we still have a movie to talk about. And I need to talk about um, minor league basketball and schoolhouse rock. 
which is going to be weird. Uh, but before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. Okay, I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. Do 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 and break. Break. This puppet is Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilistic Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilistic Be kind to say that that's where I lose it Everything's fine. I'll show you the tool that's most important for our survival. A fair warning. It's my penis. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. In the jungle, the great jungle, the lion sleeps
so I can see you. You stand a million miles away. Oh, I'm sorry, hon. I'm not allowed to have windows uh, court ordered. So, um, you sound kind of foxy. Uh, if it's not too personal, when was the last time you had sex? Coming up on the seventh day. Okay, I checked the NSC records at 11. Listen, I know who he is. Uh, you know who, who what is? What killer? What the hell are you battling about? And if he gets me, I'm pretty sure you're next. Whoa. Whoa, what, what kind of shit are you getting me into, Pumpkin? Just give me some help nailing the guy when I bring him out. What are you battling about? My dreams. What? <laughs> if I can't, then you can all relax because it's just a case of me being nuts. Yeah, and for, and for some reason, this is really turning me on. Then you won't mind cold cocking this guy when I bring him out. What? <laughs> I grab the guy in my dream. You see me struggling, so you wake me up. We both come out, you whack the fucker, and we got him. Um, Pumpkin, please, please explain to me what you mean by whack. Meet me at my place. Well, I mean, whatever you do, fall. Okay, Pumpkin, you're freaking me out, but for some reason, I'm also finding you very attractive. So, uh, how about you and me be girlfriend and boyfriend, huh? <laughs> this week. Go back to the movie.
Dr. Frankenstein was my father. But you can call me whatever you want. As long as it's not... Oh! Hideous monster! Hideous monster! See you next week. so much about me. Everyone knows about Jack Beauregard. Sixteen days ain't very long, even for someone like you. If you go away, who's going to be left? Nobody. Maybe so, but a man's got to quit sometime. <laughs> someone like you got to go out with style. But if I don't kill Beauregard first, he'll kill me. You know where he is? Must be down below. The secret of a long life is to try not to shorten it. Know the rule? Gotta hit the glass before it hits the floor. Fellas like you never seem to catch on. Matter of time before someone's gonna shoot holes in yours. It's always the best of the first to go. Which means you ain't going nowhere. Staying here with your engine friends for good. Since I was a boy, I always dreamed of you like that. An immense open plain. 150 purebred sons of bitches on a horseback. You facing them alone. Next one might hit a couple of inches lower. Who are you, anyway? Me? Nobody. And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Act three, buddy! Act three! Act three! Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to meander our way into the third and final act of the show. And it is said third act, wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our hand-picked, hand-crafted, and hand-jobbed movie of the week. And this week, we continue our celebration of the one they call Bunny with a look at the 1973 Sergio Leone Western my name is nobody. 
Fun fact, his, his full name is Sergio Beverly Leone. Yeah. yeah. That's his actual full name. And uh, uh, secondly, this is a bit of a continuation, but this little bottle cap sort of thing that Maxwell found during Shap that says changing to flats on it, apparently this had uh, eyeshadow in it. Okay. And uh, the color of the eyeshadow is changing to flats. Like, oh, you are out on the town. You change into flats. That's what this is. It was eyeshadow. I okay. binged it. I binged it during the break, like I said I would. So in the opening, I put Sergio Leone in finger quotes because he didn't direct this. He didn't write this. He didn't produce this. But according to the credits, the story was his idea. And he apparently helped direct a little bit, mostly second unit stuff. But if you put Sergio Leone's name in even the tiniest bit, people are going to say it's a Sergio Leone film. Yeah, much like Quentin Tarantino's Hostel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, th the way that I saw it is Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. He came up with the story. He didn't write the script. He didn't direct the film. But people still say this is Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. But so a lot of people think that this is a Sergio Leone film, which it isn't. It's a Sergio Leone Presents. And he directed a few second unit stuff like... Uh, I think he directed some of the Hey, Look at the Carnival. Yeah. Here's a, here's a Terrence Hill shooting at a midget. Like, I think he directed that, but he didn't direct the entire film. So, uh, it's, so it's not really a Sergio Leone Western, but it feels like a parody of one. Yeah, it actually almost does, yeah. But for me, yeah. this whole movie is just all about Terrence Hill. <coughs> it, yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get into discussing the film, I would like to take a moment uh, before all of these films to discuss what we're doing here this month. For yes. those people out there who might be uninitiated to our whole deal huh. my birthday month is march and so on march i try to just play to to discuss movies that i like and that mean a lot to me and that i just really uh fucking dig and so yeah. if i'm going to do say a clue or a and God spoke, the greatest non-denominational Bible story ever told. Three genuine religious artifacts to the first 50 customers. Special discount for church groups. If I'm going to watch uh, what other film? Uh, Midsommar. I don't fucking know. Then I would do that on March. March is like the important month for me. And October is Bunny's birth month. And so uh, for four or five or six weeks... During this period in time, we hand it over to Bunny, and he takes us to different places. I absolutely love 
the summer where we just watched what some people call black exploitation films, but weren't black exploitation films. They were just important films that uh, black people made about the black experience that were yes. very good. And it, to think how many times in my life I have sang across 110th Street and never watched the film that that came from. Yes. You know, so that was a lot of fun. And I will say, when you first said, this time around, we're doing Westerns, I, I immediately said this. Uh, fine. Yeah. But uh, last week was a weird-ass fucking trip with uh, El Topo, which is Spanish for the Topo. Yes. And this week we're doing uh, My Name is Nobody, which is like a Sergio Leone presents a Sergio Leone parody. Uh, and... This is a lot of fun. This is yeah. this this is a great fucking movie. Good. I'm glad Tell you it. liked it. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised at how uh, fun this movie was. And at first, you know, knowing knowing like Sergio Leone and Italian westerns and spaghetti westerns and stuff like that. When I first saw it, I didn't do any research beforehand. I just watched the film, and the first thing I said was man, Sergio Leone can really make Spain look like uh, the Wild West. And then it's like, oh, shit, he did film this in New Mexico. Okay, then. That explains some of it. Oh, he filmed the outside stuff in New Mexico, and the rest was in Spain. Okay, well, that makes sense. But okay, yeah. that's why so much of this actually looks like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm assuming he's some place in Italy with mountains but <laughs> but uh yeah this was this is a fun ass fucking film i really liked this yeah like, like it's downsides or well it's a western <laughs> yeah yeah <coughs> but tell us why you chose this movie bunny <coughs> take all the time you want to talk because i don't have a lot of favorite westerns, but I did feel like it's a genre that that we just don't do very much with. Yeah. So it was time to roll out some some westerns that I feel kind of belong in our wheelhouse. Okay. Okay. Basically, yeah. uh, a different direction to go in. Um, I I love Jodorowsky, so that that explains that. This I this I just loved for I, I love the the idea of it, you know, that gets me past the macho Western bullshit that is the rest of this movie, you know. But the way I see it is basically. Terrence Hill is Henry Fonda's guardian angel. The way that I saw it, and this is probably me projecting, is that uh, Terrence Hill's character, Nobody, is like the fastest quick draw in the West. 
and he has to be because he's totally fucking gay. True. That he's just 100% a gay outlaw, so he has worked really hard to be the best gunslinger because he has to be because he's sort of like a gadavant, a vagabond, going where the wind takes him, getting into adventures and causing trouble, and so he has to be the best because everyone hates gay people in the West. That's probably not what's happening, but that's how I took it. (laughs) Just sometimes his eyes and the way that he looks and the way that he looks at people, and it's like, I don't know. I'm getting at least some bisexual energy from this character. I, I, I would not be surprised. He had an I don't give a fuck about him that comes from being a part of the LGBTQ spectrum. Yeah. Where it's like you're so comfortable in your body that it's like, I don't care what people think anymore. <laughs> You know, but it, that was probably that was probably just me. Uh, okay, there's a puppy. Uh, hold. Okay. So this is a puppy. What is the puppy's name? That's we have a name adorable. It doesn't have a name. Nobody's naming it. The puppy doesn't get a name ever. It's nameless. Okay, because we'll just call it nameless. Or we can name it Damn Flashes. Oh my god, I knew it. I did not tell you. Hi, Damn Flashes. It's a lot bigger than I was led to believe. You You think this is big? Emerald led me to believe it was much smaller than it was. Yeah? Okay, Okay, this dog is freaking adorable. Here, take it. It made me bleed already. Oh, I'm bad, Damn Flashes. Oh no. Uh, so, Bonnie, why don't you, for the for people who might not have seen this film, why don't you hit us with the plot? It's fairly simple because it's a Western. Yeah. So, uh, Henry Fonda is a gunslinger, uh, but he's like a marshal, so he's not like a bad guy. And he's, he's, well, he's epic is what he is, like. He is legend in the in the in the West for all the bad guys he's gunned down and all of that, uh, and how nobody could beat him and, and all of this. And he is wanting to retire. He is uh, trying to get a train that'll take him to a boat that'll take him to America. Uh, uh Europe. Uh, UK, England. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Terence Hill comes riding into town, and he's basically Henry Fonda's fanboy. You know, he yeah. knows all of the gunfights he's had. He's known how many guys he's been up against. He knows the names of the guys he's killed. Yeah, he's and- a fanboy. Huh? Yeah, he's well, a fanboy. He's a total fanboy. Yeah. And he is trying to get Henry Fonda to die for his legend, basically. 
where yeah. he wants him to fight this group called what the fuck were they called again? I forget. The Wild Bunch. The Wild Bunch. Something really generic. Which they kept showing like them riding into town, like a hundred and fifty of them, that Terrence Hill wanted Henry Henry Fonda to fight. So that he would have this glorious death and be a legend forever. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, with Terrence Hill being uh, amazing because he's nobody, so there's a lot of things he could do because nobody could do that. Yeah. So, like, Where's he's just not lead? fast with guns. He's stupid fast with guns. Did you and that is, basically, that is basically the plot. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. In this film, the character of Nobody is obsessed with uh, Jack Beauregard and wants him to fight the Wild Bunch. And the Wild Bunch was an actual gang of outlaws that was founded in 1892. And in this movie, it's 1899. So the Wild Bunch has, had been around for seven years, the Wild Bunch had a bunch of different names that they went by, including the Oklahoma Long Riders, and my favorite, the actual name that they sometimes went by, the Oklahombres. Oh! Both names, by the way, the Oklahoma Long Riders and the Oklahombres, would be great names for sports teams. Okay. Just saying. And speaking of sports teams, apparently there's a minor league basketball league. I didn't know this. I know that there's like arena football, which is sort of like minor league football. And then there's minor league baseball. Uh, I was a big fan of the Arizona Coyotes. Not the Coyotes. The Arizona. I don't remember. Arizona Coyotes is the, the Arizona NHL team, but uh, so so there's but I didn't know there was minor league basketball. Yeah, and originally minor league basketball they had a small amount of teams, but apparently uh, times are huge for minor league basketball because they're now expanding the amount of teams to like this ridiculous amount. So there are all these new teams that are popping up. And I live in a small-ass town in Oklahoma. And we live right near a reservation that is owned by the Citizen Potawatomi Nation. And they're getting a minor league basketball team. They're called the Potawatomi Fire. And their home court will be... The Fire Lake Arena, which is literally about a 10-minute walk away from my house. Wow. So there's going to be a minor league uh, basketball team uh, right here near where I'm at. And when I heard this news, the first thing that ran through my head was a Jackie Daytona sort of thing where... Shit, I'll root for them. I'm not a sports guy, and this is as confusing to me as it is to you, but I'll buy a shirt. I'll go to a game or two. 
I can see myself becoming a fan of this minor league basketball team. I'm going to Jackie Daytona this like Jackie Daytona and the girls volleyball team. Yeah. So I'm going to be rooting for the Potawatomi Fire, but I'm going to call them. I, the see, I, I see where you're going here. Yeah, I'm going to call them the Oklahoma Brace. Maybe I can get that to take off. Probably not. But OK, so I don't know anything about Westerns. <laughs> uh, so as far as I'm concerned, the greatest Western ever made was and still is Back to the Future 3. Yes. The best Western of all time. I recently saw that at the drive-in. But I think the reason, I think the fact that I don't know anything about Westerns is one of the reasons why we're doing this. But I absolutely loved this movie. My name is Nobody. Apparently that's taken from the Odyssey, uh, Ulysses, or some shit. I don't know. but I think the reason why I love this is solely, absolutely, one hundred percent because of Terrence Hill. He's just—he's just fun to watch. Yeah. You know, and oh. he... Where did you put the fucking knife? I don't know. I think I put it around there somewhere. No, I don't think it's here. But I don't know. That was. Forever ago. Yeah, forever ago. Then there's also the fact that, that it, it could be covered up by one of the million bags out here. But I but but then it, it gets to the point where where uh if Terrence Hill wasn't in if you just remove this one actor, I don't yeah. know if I would have liked this film. No. That's just the power of, of just the way he's written and the way he acts and the way he carries himself and his face and just his expressions and, and just, oh, I loved him in this. Yeah. He's got this flighty, I don't give a fuck attitude that I love. I didn't know that there was such a thing as Manic Pixie Dream Gunfighter. You know, that I think that basically nails it. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. But yeah, he's a manic pixie dream fighter. The character that he plays, uh, nobody, he reminded me of, and this is such an odd thing to say about a Western, but I'm an odd person. Nobody reminded me of a specific schoolhouse rock song. Okay, yes, I want to hear this. Specifically, Lucky Seven Samson from Multiplication Rock. Okay. It's the number seven song, and it's sung by a rabbit named Lucky Seven Samson. And he's like a vagabond. He's in the back of a truck, and he jumps off the truck. And he's going through the song, he's going through adventures, running from the police and stealing an apple from a cart and that sort of thing. But there's there the song goes, 
Now, people call me lucky because that's my name, singing and dancing, that's my game. But this is the part that gets me. I never did a whole day's work in my life. Still, everything seems to turn out right. Okay, yeah. Like a grasshopper on a summer's day, I just love to play and pass the time away because I was born neath a lucky star. They said I'd go far. And so... It, it sort of like a riding the rails type of person, <coughs> you know, yeah. like uh, I don't have a care in the world getting into adventures and having fun. And that's basically this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would add to that Bugs Bunny as well. Oh, yeah. There's there's some serious Looney tunage in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it felt he, he's just not he doesn't just like beat you when yeah. when when you're up against him. He embarrasses you, he shames you, he he yeah. hurts you, you know? Yeah. He doesn't just he, it's not just a gunfight. You yeah. know? It's it's yeah, a they're... fun little huh? There are some times where, like, he's shooting people and he's killing people, but most of the time he's not killing you. He could kill you, but instead, he's going to make you feel like shit. While making it very clear that, yes, he can kill you whenever he's finished toying with you. The one part of the movie that shocked me is that... uh, the part where he's going through the town and they're having the big town-wide carnival, whatever the fuck, and there's black people with their heads through a tarp and people are throwing food at them. That was a thing! Yeah. That was an actual fucking thing that they used to do to fucking black people and minorities. And, like, I was impressed that this Western comedy was authentic enough about the time to show that. Yeah. That impressed me. That like, oh, goddamn. Yeah, no, that was an actual thing. I've seen the pictures. It's really fucked up. Oftentimes they would throw actual fucking hard-ass fucking apples. Oh. At these, at, at these people. And, and it was really fucked up. And the fact that this film is sort of a flighty comedy, but got this one fact historically correct. I was like, oh, goddamn. I'm a shapologist. That's a real fucking thing. Like, good for you to show that. And good for you to show uh, the hero of the... Hi, Emerald. I love you. Hi, Emerald. Hey. Your dog's adorable. My dog? The 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 dog, yeah. The puppy. Dan. Its name is Dan. It's so weird because people just pop in all of a sudden. Yeah, people just pop into this podcast. That's like, been happening. Just, no, like they're, they're not even there and all of a sudden like... Bah! Yeah, because I got the green screen going on. Yeah. So they just show up. But I don't have an actual green screen behind me. So it's that thing of like you put on on Zoom. I do not have a green screen. And they go, okay then we're just going to do the best we can. Yeah. And that's why the the microphone keeps popping in and out. Yeah. Yeah. 
But like at times, this movie is just a Western. You're watching a Western. This is a Western. This is a really good Western. And then at times, it's a parody of those type of Westerns. And I found that to be quite intriguing. Yeah. Like and the whole, part... Like that whole drinking scene, which Terrence Hill kept from being boring, where yeah. he would have to drink a large amount of whiskey, then throw the glass and shoot it. Yeah. And then the glasses of whiskey just kept getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. In a, in a Western, that would have been an action-packed scene that might not have been that exciting, but, like, Terrence Hill made it where it's like, oh, this is fun to yeah, this watch. Is, yeah, this, his whole pantomimes, his looks, his, like, elbowing the person next to him and showing them a glass of whiskey, just, like, chewing it the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Fun as hell. Yeah. And then the parody, the parody aspect that I found the most intriguing is that, like, this is definitely a Western comedy, and this is how you tell, because number one, 200 people die, but I don't, I think the only time I saw blood is when he threw a pie at a guy's face. Yeah. I think that was the only time in the movie, like, oh, hey, I just killed... 150 people and not a drop of blood, but I throw a pie at a guy's face and now here's the only blood in the film. Plus, you get the legendary, the amazing, the incomparable 100% musical legend Eno Morricone? Uh, yeah, something like that. Morricone, the legendary, the guy when you think of Western music, you think of this man, and he seemed to to like purposefully go, uh, okay, yeah, I'll write the I'll write the score for this film, and I fucking dare you to like it. <laughs> I dare you to like this film. I'm gonna get a chorus of people singing. It's gonna be the worst singing ever. I'm going to have bizarre music playing at times. It's going to be like ear-screeching music. Yes. I dare you to like this soundtrack. It's like the opposite of like the... You know? Uh-huh. It's like the, I dare you to whistle this shit. <laughs> and I dug that. This is fun. You know? It's a Western. It's a comedy. It's a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this a lot. Yeah. And Terrence Hill is just, oh, he's fucking incredible in this. I fucking love him. I With love like him. With like a little so mystical edge. Like yeah. a smattering. Yeah. <clears throat> you know? And again, it seems like the per- if we are starting with El Topo as the peak, this is definitely the next step down. Yeah, this is right behind it. Yeah. It's not oh, yeah, nearly I... as intense. The message isn't nearly as thick. The message that was there was, you know, kind of macho bullshit. Yeah. You know, dying in a hail of gunfire. But Terrence Hill just made it all work. 
and made it strange and made it funny and made it interesting to get through. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I love this film. This was really good. <laughs> I, I really dug this. And, and that's all I've got for this week. My name is Nobody. This is a really good movie. Nice. It, it, all of the people's... Uh, all of the people were dubbed by different people except for Henry Fonda, who dubbed himself. Yeah. So that's Henry Fonda's voice. That's not Terrence Hill's voice. Everyone else is dubbed by different people. Uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you who would have been great as Terrence Hill. Uh, uh, the star of Bounty Law. You would have been great in this. Oh, yeah. The star of Bounty Law. I don't remember his name, but I remember his stunt name, Cliff Booth. Jack Cahill? Was Cahill. Jack Cahill, yes, Jack Cahill. Jack oh. Cahill, and then his stunt man, Cliff Booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Cahill. Jake Cahill. Jake Cahill. Yeah. Is that who he played, or was that him? No, I think that's the character he played. God damn it, I gotta fucking bing it now. Fucking hold on. God damn it. Uh, once upon a time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. I'm gonna kill myself when I finally hear it. Rick Dalton! God damn it! <laughs> yes, Rick Dalton played Cliff Booth. No, Rick Dalton played Jay Cahill in Bounty Law. Yes. And his stuntman was Cliff. Yeah, there you go. Fucking. Mm, okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, he would have been amazing in this, is what I'm saying. Because he had that spaghetti western face. Yeah. yeah. But yes, that's he did. all I've he done. Totally yeah. He could have but... popped up in one of these movies. Yeah, no, he absolutely could have. So that's all I've got for this week. Bunny. Oh, so excited. Uh, what are we doing this, next week? We are taking another step down. I am pretty sure we have not done this movie before, but we might have. Because uh, it is a more natural fit for our show. Okay. Westworld. Oh, shit. I fucking love that movie. I never saw the TV show. I never saw the fucking TV show. Because I was so, I was so excited. I, I, I love the movie so much that I'm like, when I heard that they were making a TV show and it was being made by HBO, by the fucking Game of Thrones people, I just thought, oh, they're going to get this movie and they're gonna make it lost yeah you know they're it's gonna be all expensive and flashy and all of this they're gonna world build all of this shit but like the original movie is just so dumb and cheap and fun and fucking yule brenner and and how many lines does he have in this movie like nine fucking oh yeah love yeah. that movie i am so fucking psyched Next week, we're doing Westworld. Yes. <laughs> and not the sequel. Now, it is already up on the cough cough. 
Sweet. But I did not I, notice already... today that it's a very large copy. It's like four. Okay, gig. cool. Huh? Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Because because I've got a copy and it's it's like the it's like five hundred megabytes. Yeah. It, it's like the the smallest one I could find. So it'll be nice to see some detail on that. And they made a TV show. Yeah. Which was like the Planet of the Apes TV show to Westworld. But and oh, original I, TV, or are you talking about the HBO thing again? No, no, they they made like a show in the seventies. Did they? Yeah. Uh, I got I gotta bing the shit out of this. Uh, original TV series. I think it only lasted for a season, and then it was canceled. Uh, television series Beyond Westworld, 1980-something, 1980 TV series based on the 1973 series Westworld. They only did, they only, it was on CBS, they only filmed five episodes, and two of them were on air. So they aired three episodes, and then it was canceled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was it was basically like the Planet of the Apes, the TV show. So hey, we made Westworld into a series. It's really cheap, and there's no original people. And oh, it's already been canceled. And next week after the movie, after the podcast, I'm gonna be running a couple of movies for Woodmas. Yes. I'm gonna run I'm Plan like Nine, them. and I woke up early the day I died. Because everybody needs to see that shit. I used to do lots of things. Love that movie. Love that movie. And then for the third one, you should show like something really bad. Like I don't oh, know. I'm not showing the third one. Okay, okay. I was thinking you should show something really bad, like Casablanca or some shit. <laughs> but okay, next week is going to be exciting. We're doing Westworld for our big Woodmas episode. We're going to be showing uh, some movies afterwards. That's going to be awesome. I'm really psyched for that. My wife won't be here, so this might be the nude episode next week. Who knows? Oh, okay. Who knows? I might be just smoking smoking meth. I might attack the whack. The whack attack. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, yeah, so I'm really excited for next week. Next week, uh, the Shap is going to be indirectly about the Phantom. Yes. So I'm really excited about that. Which Phantom? Oh, you'll have to tune in to see. And, uh, yeah, we're doing Westworld, the original, which I'm really fucking stoked about. But uh, now that I'm looking back at this episode, man, the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs. Uh, Kevin Costner is a douchebag. Uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Travis Bickle. The live-action Rocky and Bullwinkle. Cop Shop. Everyone should watch that movie. It's really good. Trump is a big fan of cats. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty darn good episode of the show. This has been a damn, damn good episode. Okay, good. I was gonna say the same thing, but I feel like you're the person who makes that distinction, not me, and I didn't want to step on any toes, but yes, I concur. I concur with that assessment. Good, sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. 
And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of uh, Emerald, Natasha, Eleanor, Mal, Maxwell, and everybody else, I just gotta say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Fucking. Yeah. I'm not taking care of it. I have to, because y'all will be gone. So, like, we, oh, oh, we are taking care of the puppy. We, by we, you mean me, but uh, whatever. Okay. And you, mallets. Do 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 Skinny papa do well. Cut and print. And print. Cut and print.